Well, thank you, Brother Mike, and we're excited about the Bible study and thank, thankful for what God is doing in the midst of this world. As we, as we study God's Word, we see that God has been consistently loving and caring through each dispensation. And so the Bible says to rightly divide the word of truth. And we can take biblical principles from the Old Testament and apply them uh, to our lives here and uh, today in 2020. And all that's going on today um, in our world, this uh, great worldwide pandemic and uh, the suffering around the world, the death through the coronavirus. But we're thankful that God, that God, the Bible says, so loved the world. And the great pandemic that really hit the world and is universal is man's sin. And uh, all men are sinners. All men need to be saved. All men need a savior. We're not perfect people. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and so we need a Savior, and I'm thankful that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago as we celebrated last uh, week his death, his burial, and resurrection, and he's alive forevermore. And he can meet your need today. Open your heart to Jesus Christ, and he can guide you. And then if you're a Christian, uh, God wants to continue to guide you. The Bible says of itself, uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so nothing's caught God by surprise. He's in control of all things, and we look to Him. We find uh, uh, this morning in our message, we find ourselves in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations chapter number 3. I want to read some verses for you. Uh, Lamentations number, uh, chapter 3 and verse 21. Then I recall to my mind. Jeremiah writes, Then I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. You see, in the midst of the difficulty that the nation of Israel was facing, they'd been carried off by the Babylonians into captivity. And really, Jeremiah's calling was a calling of, as a prophet to warn the people, to make sure that the, the people were following the the word of God and the commandments that God had given to them. And so they've been carried off into um, captivity. Many had died. The uh, city of Jerusalem was under siege. And so he's lamenting. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. But in the midst of all of it, he writes, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They've been carried off, but they're not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. God's compassion. Jeremiah said, God's compassions are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in Him. You see, church, this morning, our hope is in Him. Our hope is in the Lord. Therefore, when I, when I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. 
And really, what we've done here in the, at, for 16 years, and this church almost 60 years, preach the Bible. And there are people that have been in this church for many, many, many years. And we have people uh, that are new believers. We have people that have been saved a, a very long time. But as you study the Bible, that's why I'm thankful for Calvary Christian School. I'm thankful for the Master's Clubs. I'm thankful for the Sunday School. I'm thankful for all the... There's a probably about 400 children that attend this church and young people are impacted by this church on a weekly basis, three to 400 at least. And uh, through, our, through our bus ministry, through our church families, through our Christian school outreach, uh, Brother Mike goes to uh, uh, Beaumont High School, uh, Brother LJ goes to the uh, middle school here, elementary, and they're, they're teaching the Word of God. When I call to mind, when I recall it to my mind, then I have hope. It's God's word. It's God's promises. And this morning, I want to speak on this topic. Therefore, I have hope. Therefore, I have hope. Jeremiah was the prophet of the day. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we find that you know, he, he resisted the call. He resisted uh, God's word. Um, the Bible says, before I, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations. And so God had a plan for Jeremiah before he was even formed in the belly of his mother in the womb. And uh, he had sanctified him to do a job. And so I think the, the biblical principle here that we can uh, certainly apply is that God knows everyone, even before conception. God has a plan. God had a plan for me 2,000 years ago. God had a plan for me, the, for all of us, from the foundation of the world. And God has a plan for me, though I'm 63 years old. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So today God guides me. Through this pandemic, God guides me. God gives me clear direction of what I'm to do in my life. And so though, I, though here we are in 2020, um, one week removed from Easter Sunday, April the 19th, God is in control and God has sanctified us and ordained us to do a job. Now we're not a prophet, Necessarily, we're not all pastors. I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher of the gospel, but we're all to be a witness for his glory. We're all to, to let people know that God is in control. Well, wait a minute, look at verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Haven't we all felt that way when it comes to witnessing? Haven't we all felt that way when it comes to a divine assignment? Lord, I'm not. I'm not capable. I can't do it. Do you know that that's who God uses? God doesn't use people that think they can do it. God uses people that think they can't do it. Then he gets the glory for it. He, he gives them certain gifts and abilities. And God stretches us and God guides us and God blesses us. As we think about this, this great call upon our lives. And so today, we're all facing this, uh, 
COVID-19, the coronavirus and the, the quarantine, and now the economy is, uh, is in, uh, uh, at a difficult place, and some people have lost their jobs, some are being furloughed. But let me tell you something. God takes care of you. God loves you. And God will guide you as a believer, no matter what the circumstance. That Listen, uh, Jeremiah said, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. He focused upon God, even in the midst of the judgment. Even in the midst of the fact that Jeremiah had a ministry of about 50 years, and he didn't see much results. The people were rebelling. But he still looked to God. And uh, as, as he was called, he said, Then said I, Lord God, I, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, the Lord, Listen, say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go, and I shall send thee to all. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. I'm going to tell you what to say. And be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee saith the Lord. I am with thee. I take care of thee. God's call upon our life during these difficult days. Listen, he's with us. We're to be a witness. We're not to be timid. We're not to be afraid. We're not to be fearful. Let God, let God guide us at the store. Um, when we, not, we can't get out very much right now, but when we can, we need to be a witness a greater witness. Because, listen, when I remember all that God has done, I have hope. And it's a sure hope. And my hope is in the Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse number nine says, Then, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. God had a plan. And so here we find um, Jeremiah, who was fearful, who didn't think he could do the job. And it was, it's been a difficult job, but he's lamenting. He's sorrowful. He had warned the people to stay faithful to God's commandments and to God's statutes and follow his word. They disobeyed, and so great judgment had come to the nations. Great judgment had come, and now he's lamenting in the book of Lamentations. But he has a hope, and that hope is built upon God. That hope is built upon the love of God. That hope is built upon uh, the firmness of God's promises. As we look again in verse uh, chapter 3 of Lamentations and Verse 23, God's compassions are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Oh, I wish we could all say we're faithful to everything God gives us to do, but we're not. We get, we get off track, we get on track. As a, as a pastor and a preacher and an under-shepherd of a flock, as, as a father and a family, keeping the children together, keeping them going to church, leading them to church as children, teaching them the Bible, bringing them to vacation Bible school, bringing them to children's camp, to, young, to teenage camp, getting them involved in missions trips, 
guiding my family and, and allowing God to use me as their dad, as their father, and being a loving husband to a wife and leading a, hus- a wife and guiding a, a wife and, and being an example to a wife some 40, almost 40 years of my life. God gave me a, a job. And then God, for, in, in my case, I was a youth pastor for a while, helping the teens love their parents, respect their parents, look up to their leaders, look up to their pastor, and be, learn to follow instruction. That's why I love sport, sports. You learn to follow instruction. If um, Danny Fuller used to be our referee in our, for our, our league uh, years ago, and uh, he wrote something in the uh, on Facebook, and uh, he was listing off the top 15 small forwards in the NBA, in the history of the NBA. And so I wrote in the comment box, I wrote, uh, Rich Sidlowski is number 12 on that list. And, uh, and he wrote me back and, uh, with, some, with a nice comment. I'm thankful for Danny Fuller. But, uh, um, you know, I, I love sports. I practice sports. My coach, John Majera, was a hard coach uh, to play for. But you know what? He made me a better man. It wasn't the basketball. I love to talk about sports, but it wasn't, the, it wasn't the game. It's how the game formed me. I practiced all the time. I loved the basketball. My, the basketball was in my bed, you know. I, I woke up shooting. I went to bed, you know, shooting the ball up from laying on my back. But it kept me busy, and I learned to, I learned to pr- play as a team. Uh, of course, I didn't really play as a team that well, to be honest with you. I loved to shoot. I didn't like defense. And, uh, but um, that's most, most basketball players are that way. Uh, but I, I think of my coach, Chuck Skinner, in football. He wasn't, he, listen, Chuck Skinner never said one nice thing to me my whole senior year. Not one. He wasn't very nice, and uh, we went undefeated that year. He got coach of the year in the state of Michigan, and I was the captain of the football team. Never once did he say, good job, Sidlowski. Never once did he say, because, you know, he didn't really like players like me, because back then I was small, I was fast, I had good hands, I was a wide receiver, but I didn't hit anybody. I didn't want to hit anybody. If I bumped into you in practice, I said, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I just wasn't somebody who liked physical contact. And uh, so he didn't, he didn't really think I was a football player, you know. But, uh, you know, I just tackled. When I would tackle people, I'd call it shirt tackling. I remember playing Ferndale over at Ferndale High School and uh, not far from us. But when you went to Ferndale, you just were happy to get home alive. Just happy to survive. I went over there for a basketball game one night by myself. And uh, when I left the game, uh, I was walking and there was a bunch of guys walking in front of me, about four or five people. And they got right by my car. They're walking down the street, so they're in front of me. Well, I took my keys out. Well, they turned around and looked at me and they started running after me. Now, they didn't know I'm the fastest guy in Michigan. Well, not the fastest, but close. And when somebody's chasing me, you're not going to catch me. So I ran back, ran down the street. I'm in the middle of, uh, I don't know if it was Hilton, right by where Ferndale High School was. 
and I'm talking to the traffic cop saying, man, you got to walk me to my car. I'm in the middle. He's directing traffic after this big basketball game. He said, get out of here, man. Get out of the street. You're going to get hit. So I just, there was a family walking. I just joined, act like I was in their family. I'm talking to them. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. You know, walked down, jumped in my car and got out of there. It was crazy playing football. And, uh, uh, it was it was hard. I didn't really like it, but you know it, it was something that um, some of my friends were playing. But uh, I, my my coach was never that nice to me. But he motivated me. It's just the way he was motivating me. And I learned to to play. I hurt my knee, and I got I had injuries, and I just get taped up and get back in. I broke my finger, and uh, coach didn't care about me. Just grabbed it, yanked it back in, put, and I'm catching punts. And, uh, but you know what? I just learned to be tough. The Christian life is tough. It's tough to be a dad. The children don't always want to do what you say. And the temptation is just to let, you, let your guard. Listen, mom and dad, you've got to stay steady, be kind, be gracious, and raise, raise those children for the glory of God. You know, and because, and you know, you are the one who's responsible for raising that family. You are the one that's responsible for leading in your home, Dad. And so love your family. Be a strong leader. See, some of you are just like Jeremiah. God, I could never be a father. Man, I could never be a dad. Yeah, you can. Because God's grace is sufficient. His mercy and His love they're new every morning. Great. His compassions are new. Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. And God's word will guide you. God's word will bless you. Listen to me, uh, Sunday school teacher. God's word will bless you and help you and guide you. Junior church worker, God will help you. Get in there. Stay in there. Don't be discouraged. Don't lay down. Now listen, we're going to be out of this thing in a month or two, maybe sooner than that. We're going to be back at church. Get revved up. Get this book right here and, and, and the Bible. Learn more of it. Study more of it and, and focus on the Bible because God has a plan for you. God has, a, God has a direction for your life and God loves you. Great is thy faithfulness. That word faithfulness is a word that means firmness, fidelity, steadiness, steadfastness. God, God is one that you can depend on. We look to God all throughout my ministry and all throughout. Listen, I've taught my children, look to God, look to God, look to God. Be thankful for your mom and dad, but look to God. You know, my wife died a year and a half ago. You know what? The kids have to look to God. They miss, their lo they miss her love. They miss her care. But she taught them things, so they move forward. She taught them things from the Bible, so they move forward. I'm not always going to be here. So they got to look to God. And uh, follow God. My mom and dad were good Christian people, but they're gone. They're in heaven. So I have to look to God um, and, uh, and follow him. Great is thy faithfulness. Let me tell you something. God is faithful in his mercies. God is faithful. The Lord, listen, it, it, is, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. It's his mercy. That word mercy means loving kindness. It's used over 30 times in the Old Testament. 
It conveys God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, His faithfulness, His goodness, and devotion. God created man, and God loves you. Those of you that you may be alone, God loves you. You may be at home and you may not have any family with you, but God loves you. He's there with you. You're not alone. I know you can feel lonely. If you feel lonely, I'll take my dog Max over and let you spend. He's a puppy. At the end of the day, you'll say, Pastor, take Max back. You know, because he'll, but you know, I have a little pup, but you know what? You get lonely, but you're never alone. You're never alone. You have God. You feel lonely, but you're not alone. And so look to him. He, he is one that you can count on. Great is thy faithfulness, O God and our Father. His compassions are new every morning. God saves us. His mercy and his grace. He gives us eternal life. And Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 um, God came to us. God came to us. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in times past she walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of the air. Satan. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also, also we had our conversation in past times in the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, wait a minute, Christian. You've got to understand, God changed you. God loves you. God guides you. And so we're to be, listen, we're to be kind and helpful. Hey, Dad, you may have a rebellious child. He may be hard. Listen, but just be consistent and love him. I, I don't remember how your, your childhood was, but I remember mine. And I was spoiled. I wanted things my own way, and I got away with what I could get away with, and uh, that's just the way it was, and so love your children, guide, listen, uh, guide them, teacher, love your class, among whom, listen, don't forget where God has brought you from, God, God has brought you, God has helped you, God has guided you. And uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, again, as we continue with verse 4, um, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. He loves you and he cares about you. That's God's great love. Great is thy faithfulness. His compassions are renewed every day. His mercy, oh, His mercy. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We're not consumed. We're not consumed. God has given to us eternal life. Matter of fact, He sent Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 2. Let, us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
God's mercy. He saves us by faith. He came to this earth, lived the perfect life, died upon the cross, rose again the third day. He's alive forevermore. He saves us. Then He secures us. We have security. Listen, we're prone to fail. We're prone to fail. John chapter 6 and verse 44 um, again, no, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent him, draw him, and I will raise him up in that last day. 1 Peter 1, 5, again, who are kept, he secures us. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm not kept by, by, by my own righteousness. I'm kept because I have the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, ready, ready to be revealed the last day. Oh, it's the Lord. It's of the Lord. We're saved, and we're saved to serve. We're saved, and we're secure in the Lord. We're saved, and we're sealed by God. He loves you. Oh, you, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. You may feel sometimes like God's not near, but He is near. He saved you. He's preparing a place for you. And He loves you today. He's looking forward to being with you. Sometimes we look forward to meeting people. You know, we get to know them and we look forward to meeting them in, in advance. And, and uh, we go, uh, I remember when uh, uh, my, uh, we lived in Atlanta, Georgia, we would go see people in Seattle and we, we only saw them every couple years. We look forward to seeing them. Uh, when I moved from Atlanta back up to Michigan, we would go every spring uh, vacation down through Atlanta, down to Florida, go to Disney World and the beaches there. Every March we would go. Um, and boy, um, how good it was to see people that we hadn't seen in a long time. But you have to understand something. We're kept by God, the power of God. We're looking forward to seeing Him one day. He's coming back. We fellowship with Him. We FaceTime him. We look face to face with God in his book called the Bible. We read the Bible. God speaks to us. We pray. We speak to God. Think about it. You get to speak to God. This morning when you woke up, you got to speak to God. When you went and had your cup of coffee or prepared your breakfast down, you got to speak to God. You got to have God speak to you. You read his word. This is a wonderful thing. I'm so thankful for God's blessing. I, uh, I viewed a video last night that Pastor Jason Murphy from Seattle had sent me uh, by email. And uh, it was a video about um, the president's mother. And uh, there was a great revival and there were two elderly ladies, older ladies, that prayed for revival. And they would host people in their home. And, uh, and uh, the family then, I, I forget where exactly where they're from. Uh, Dr. Clarence Sexton made this video. It's him talking. But they came over here to America. And this, their granddaughter came over here. And this was President Trump's mother. And uh, they sent her a Bible. She became a Christian. And so the president's mom became a Christian as a result of these two, these two elderly ladies 
back in the in a different country where they where she grew up. And uh, with that Bible, there was actually a man that was very very much an influence on her life, a pastor, I believe, or one of the leaders in the church. And his name was Donald. So the mother named the son after him. But it's these. The focus of his story is these two elderly ladies praying for revival, praying for God to do something great. And uh, <coughs> they weren't that great to look at. They were old, they were elderly, but they prayed for revival. And this young lady moved to America. They sent her a Bible. They sent her one of the Bibles that was used in that revival that was started back in that home country. And that Bible sits in the Oval Office today. It's in the Oval Office. These, it goes back to these two elderly praying for revival, praying for God to do something in their country and then to do something through, their grant, through this young lady, through uh, the president's mother. And so it's, just, it's interesting to see. It's the power of God. It's God orchestrating things. It's God moving and putting and placing people in place. God is in control of all things. We look to Him. He saves us. He secures us. Psalm chapter 37. Very familiar portion of Scripture. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Do you know that God, God is the one who we look to. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If he falls, sometimes you get sidetracked. Sometimes you just fall off. You get off track. As a pastor, I say, get back on it. Stay on it. Stay focused. Stay looking to God. Stay looking to Jesus. If you sin, confess your sin. For he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So we're looking to God. We follow God. Though we're not perfect, we follow God. And Christian today, as you have time at home, as you have time to kind of, listen, you don't have a choice. Reset. Look to God. Follow God during these days. Be in the Word of God. Be praying and thanking and loving. Listen, even though you're at home and even though things are difficult, we still have so much to be thankful for because God loves us. He forsaketh not His saints. God hasn't forsaken you today. He's watching over you. He preserves you. And I'm thankful for that as we follow this book as imperfect people following a perfect God and a, the perfect Word of God. Listen, if you fall down, get back up. Shake off the dust, confess it, and get back in it and stay on it. Stay on track. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep looking to God. God's grace secures us his mercy secures us. Through His mercy, He takes care of us. And so, God is faithful in His mercy, but He's also faithful in His compassion. His compassion, we find that they are new every morning. 
because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. God's compassion and God's love. That word compassion literally means womb. It means to be moved in the heart out of love for another. It's a wonderful picture of God's grace. And we're going through a storm, church, but we're not, we're not alone. You go through the storms of life. Sometimes uh, when, you, you, when your loved one has cancer, you're going through that storm by yourself. and you're, The church kind of runs to you and helps you and encourages you. In this case, there's a big storm. We're all going through it. We're all affected by it. All of our families are affected by the coronavirus and the fear of it and the quarantine and, and not being able to assemble in worship. And maybe you don't have a job now. You can't go to work. And uh, I think I was talking to Jennifer McCormick and she said, well, Pastor, you're, you've lost your job. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you can't go visit the hospital. See, I can't go visit Erica today. I, I never thought of it that way, though. You can't go visit a sick person. You can't go into their house. You can't go and, and, and talk to people like you did before. You can't greet your people in the house of God and shepherd them and guide them and preach to them in the house. And you come through these doors back here and you're in these Sunday school rooms and the master's clubs and all that the church has to offer here. We can't do it. But we're doing it the best way we can through the live streaming. But make no mistake about it, God loves you. He takes care of you. God never promised that it would be easy. He never did. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. The Bible says this, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So really what's happening right now in the lives of believers all across Banning and Beaumont and throughout the Pass area and throughout this state, the state of California, throughout this country, God's grace is sufficient for His strength is made perfect in weakness. His strength is made perfect when you don't have a job because He'll take care of you. His strength is made perfect when you have this fear of the coronavirus. It's fearful at times. The unsteady, the unsettledness. But God's strength is made perfect in weakness. And so, though Paul's talking about the thorn in the flesh, listen, this, this is a big thorn in our flesh because it affects all of us. This coronavirus. It's difficult. It's something that's changed our lives. It's changed our our security. We're, we're secure in a routine. Our routines are, are off. We're off schedule, but we look to Him. Look what Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you know that during these days, we're all going through it, this pandemic all around the world, Paul wrote, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This may be the time, the greatest time in your life where the power of Christ will rest upon you. Dad, it may be the greatest time in your life. Now, it's no fun. I'd rather have things back to normal. I'd rather, 
I'd rather just be able to go and do and go to the store and go shopping, take the kids down to the park, uh, play some baseball, go to the ball game, do things that we can do recreation-wise. But we can't. And it's a little nerve-wracking. But Paul said, most gladly would I rather glory in my infirmities. So what we do here, church, is we glory in our unsettledness that the power of Christ may rest upon us. We glory in the fact that, man, we're worried about finances. But we rest in the power of Christ, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I talked to several pastors this week. They asked how the offerings were. I said, you know, it's, the offerings have been pretty good. You know, our, God's people are tithing. God's people are giving. I got a note from a missionary. Thank you for, for supporting us through this time, this pandemic. And you know what? Right now, I don't think we're going to have to cut any missionaries' support. Because people continue to give to faith. Not only are they tithing, but they're giving over and above their tithe for missions, for worldwide missions. It's an amazing thing. And so the glory of God, the glory of the church is in the midst of this. Where you, you know, it's like going to a restaurant. You're not going out, to, you're not getting anything to eat, but you still send your, your, your pay for your meal. So the people tithe, they come to church and they get a message. They get fellowship. They get God's word and God's work and God's house and God's people. And so though they're not getting that service, they still believe that God has blessed them and that they owe the, their tithe goes to the Lord. The Lord it goes to the storehouse. And God's work goes, is moving forward. And it's just picking, it's going to pick up steam. And I'm so excited about what God is doing. Because only God can get the glory for it. Most gladly will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so he's faithful in his compassions. Oh, let me tell you this morning, he loves you. He has wonderful compassion on you. His presence is ever with you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. He's there. He's with you. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew 28, 20, we're doing this great work. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. God is with us. God is with you. He's going to take care of you today. O Christian, look to him. His compassion and his mercies, I'm telling you, they're new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness of God. He'll provide for you. He'll protect you. God is able uh, in all things unto him. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, that's able. I'm looking to him. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. Philippians 4.19 my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And again, the steps of a good man, Psalm 37, are ordered by the Lord. And I have been young, and now I am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, 
nor his seed begging bread. God will provide for everything you need. Now listen to me this morning as we come to the conclusion of our service here. If you're, if you're listening and you're not 100% sure that if you died you'd go to heaven, you can know that for sure. How do you know that, Pastor? You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. As a 15-year-old teenager, I put my faith and trust in Christ. I grew up in the church home, in a, a Christian home from Hazel Park, Michigan. My mom and dad were believers. They taught me the Bible. But I didn't know for sure that I was going to heaven. At the age of 15, I went to church. I was in the house of God. The, the pastor preached. He preached that morning on hell, Dr. Vernon Nelms. And the awfulness of hell. And man, I, I, I sat in the second row of the church. And uh, I heard that message. When the invitation was given, I came forward. I knelt right at the altar. That's the way they dealt with people then at that church. They didn't take you to a private counseling room like we do. I knelt right at the altar. And I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me. And how about you this morning? How do you get saved? you got to know you're lost. You can't, you can't get saved. You can't find the way unless you know that you're not on the right track. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, so loved the, but God commended His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. He loves you. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. It's for you. I love the Mountain Avenue Baptist Church. But this church doesn't save you. God's word and what Jesus did on the cross saves your soul. And he'll come into your heart right there in your living room. Why don't you get down on your knees right there in your living room. If you're not sure you're going to heaven when you die. And open your heart to Jesus Christ. And pray this simple prayer to me. We call it the sinner's prayer. We have the Romans road in the, the book of Romans. And this is just really a paraphrase of all the verses that I've shared. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. Do you need Jesus this morning? Why don't you invite him in right now? Let's bow our heads. Pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'd be lost without you. I'm asking you now come into my heart and be my Savior. I'm trusting the best I know how in the blood that was shed upon Calvary's cross. I accept your payment for my sin. I accept you into my life to be my Savior by faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to get some uh, material into your hands. We have this book here written by Dr. Paul Chapel. Uh, first Steps for New Christians. And if you'll just fill out that card that you can right there on, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, um, and, uh, or call the church here, we'll send you this book, some more information to help you as you grow in your faith uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, Christian, keep reading the Word, keep studying the Word. Don't forget the service tonight at 5.30. And Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and be much in prayer uh, for the ministry here. Don't forget to continue. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving and tithing. And you can give online, or you can mail your check here to the church. And uh, we're thankful uh, for 
uh, how God meets our needs. And then we simply give back 10% of what he gives to us back to him, back to the house of God. And I'm thankful that he's met uh, our needs. If you have a need and you need something, contact the church. We want to help you. We want to be a blessing to you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Bless our church family, those that are watching. May they grow closer to you, God, for great is thy faithfulness. And that's where we find our sure hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for watching today. God bless you. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.